Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. Packers holding their final workout today away from the prying eyes of the closed media prior to heading out for their summer break. And we here at Cheesehead TV will not be taking a break. We'll continue on providing you content each and every day, whatever, whenever, however it pertains to the green and gold. And yes, few of you have already asked live Packers trivia will make its triumphant return most likely shortly after the July July 4th holiday so be on the lookout for that it's gonna be a lot of fun but as always we're right here ready to talk some Packers on Packers Daily at the possible new time they're gonna be playing around with the timing of Packers Daily it will most likely be moving to the afternoons especially once the season starts but not quite sure what the exact timing will be we'll let that be known and we'll get to that as we get closer to the season we hammer things out schedule wise but get used to it people because Packers Daily will become an afternoon program so just getting you ready for that and the other thing I'm getting you ready for of course is Father's Day coming up this weekend I don't know if you you know you follow me on Insta but I finally got my own old school Lambo print right here up in my living room it is phenomenal stuff a great classic alternative to the usual photography-based sports posters that get relegated to the basement or man cave. These prints look like art. People love hanging them in a den, a living room, or a professional office because they're old school and sharp from a design perspective. Head to ballparkblueprints.com and utilize your promo code CHEESEHEAD. That's promo code CHEESEHEAD to get 10% off. Do it, people. You know you want to. Good-looking stuff hanging on my wall. I'm loving it. I'm also loving all these fine folks hanging out in the comment section. Hello, Brandy's here. How are you? Matt, hello, Sly. What's going on? Big! B's here. What's up, Big B? How you doing, buddy? Matthew, good afternoon. How are you doing? Robin's here. Hello, Robin. Uh, whoa. Just read an article about how Brett quietly railroaded Javon Walker out of Green Bay. What do you know, Dominic? I don't know much about history. No, um, I don't. That's I haven't heard much in that vein. I'll have to go seek that out. How reputable is this article? When you say article, are we talking like a tweet? Are we talking something on a Substack? Are we talking someone's personal blog? Are we talking the New York Times? Are we talking Washington Post? What kind of article are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Yash Nyman is developing. That's what I've heard. So I have heard. Sorry, not Packers related, but so happy for Craig Council. That's fine. Hey, look at the hat. Man, we got Brewers in the house today. It's fine. I am going to be heading to City Field shortly after I wrap up here to watch the Brewers take on the New York Mets. So, yeah, shout out to Craig Council. Big time accomplishment becoming the winningest manager in Brewers history with his victory over the Mets last night. Big time explosion offensively after a pretty futile effort the first night in town. Now that I'm going to be in attendance tonight, I'm sure the bats will go quiet again. But uh, a great, phenomenal day for Greg Council, no doubt about it. Um, does look like uh, the storms are going to hold off, hopefully, and we get this game in tonight. So, uh, you know, look out for Nagler on your on your television. Daily reminder that Yash Nyman should have started the 49ers playoff game. Big B, why why you got to bring us down, man? Why why you got to go there? And look, I know I understand the frustrations. You guys know I've talked about it. I talked about it at the game. I talked about it after the game. I've talked about it a few times since the game. But, you know, we just, I'm not going to sit out here and pretend that Yash Nyman would have solved everything. 
You know, it ain't like he didn't need help in week three. He probably would still need to help in the playoff game. It's, no one acquitted themselves phenomenally up front in that game. And I don't, you know, I, I'm sure Yash would have held up just fine, but he probably would have struggled against Bosa just as much as everybody else. No doubt about it. Ed, what's going on, man? Thanks for the super chat. Love your music. When you go national, how about Eat That Question by Frank Zappa for a commercial break? That's a, I like that idea, actually. Uh, probably have to pay to get the rights, but I'm down with it. Rogers Hurt Toe, how you doing? The Toe is an Oklahoman who also loves the Sooners. Any chance Brick takes over for Crosby after Crosby retires or leaves? He was pretty solid for the Sooners. I'm really interested to see what he's got when they uh, take the field there for training camp. I would suspect maybe they're looking to keep him on the practice squad. Uh, every account that I've heard from his time there in Minnesota in the offseason program was he was pretty erratic. So I can't imagine they're going to make a move anytime soon. But who knows? There's a change of scenery. Maybe there's something, you know, just clicks while he's in Green Bay. Who knows? But there's every possibility that he ends up on the practice squad. Could he be a long-term replacement, the heir apparent, if you will, to Mason Crosby? I think we're a ways away from that yet. I think this is more of a fact-finding mission more than anything else. But stranger things have happened. No doubt about it. We shall see. Danny, any chance you are coming to London? Danny, not only is there a chance, I am coming to London, as is Corey Banky. Uh, we actually literally booked our flights yesterday. So, um, yeah, we'll see you there. We'll be in London. We'll be. I'll be in town from that Thursday through Tuesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Logan, good afternoon. New York Cheesehead, how are you? <laughs> Matt, Big D has found his new Jamal Williams. I love it, no doubt. Gotta love the Razul Douglas love. Uh, what else we got? What else we got, people? Is Lazar going to be in Green Bay for only one year, then moving on? Brandon, that is a very good question. I suspect there's a decent chance of that. Um, I think he's going to want to ball out. He's going to want to put up big numbers in this offense with Aaron Rodgers pulling the trigger. And then he's going to want to try and test the waters in free agency. Now, that doesn't mean the Packers won't approach him about possibly extending him. Maybe he goes that route, but I think he's betting on himself. You know, he was obviously absent for most, if not all, of the offseason work. And he wants to come in finely tuned, ready to go, and put up the numbers he suspects he can as the number one wide receiver de facto uh, in the Green Bay offense. And then I know there have been reports out there that, you know, he's angling to join. Nathaniel Hackett out in Denver, which, you know, I'm sure that's a possibility, but um, we'll see what the Packers do as far as possibly offering an extension sometime before he hits the free agent market. I would be absolutely shocked if they utilize the franchise tag on him. Um, but yeah, he's betting on himself because he's got to stay healthy. Obviously, that's the that's the key. That That's what the Packers have, not always, but often kind of throw out there and say, you know, hey, we're going to give you a decent pay grade and we're going to extend you and we're going to put you under, you know, but it's probably going to be a little bit below market value, but you're going to have the security uh, locked up right now if you sign this deal. And they've done that to good effect throughout the years. I think Lazard is set to go, nope, I'm going to do exactly what Devontae did last year. I'm going to play through the entirety of the season. I'm going to put up numbers and then I'm going to get mine. I'm going to hit the open market. That is me completely guessing his frame of mind, obviously, but that is what I'm reading into his actions this offseason. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm certainly not judging the man. Go get it, man. I'm down for it. Um, time for the run game guru to invent off-tackle runs 15 times a game, right? 
I don't know about 15 times, but I would certainly like to see a, a commitment to some more of that zone blocking zone stretch stuff so that then when they get that going, they can work uh, the boot action off of it. That's been a staple in the Shanahan offense. I mean, the, not even the Kyle Shanahan, the Mike Shanahan offense for decades. And um, the Packers don't seem to get much action off of it. And I think if they got a little bit more, you know, found a little bit more success on that stretch stuff, getting Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, getting outside the tackle, et cetera, then you can work Rodgers off that boot and find him working high to low on the backside. I think I would love it if uh, there was a real commitment to that this year. So my biggest concern coming into the season, uh, Joe, you guys know I don't worry about the Packers. I only worry about my children. But if I were the worrying type, David Bakhtiari's knee is a big, big time issue. Uh, if he's there, start week one, or even hell, the start of camp, then okay, we can probably quiet down and not have to worry about it too much. But man, the fact that he is still with the rehab group and didn't work at all during the offseason, after missing most of last season, you don't love it. It doesn't feel good. There ain't nothing about it to love. So that's the one area where you could go, yikes. Give me some good news there. Joseph, thank you for the super sticker. Very much appreciated. Did Alan Lazar participate in the team drills after he signed the tender? I really enjoy your Packer updates. Thanks, Bob. And no, he did not. Uh, he signed his tender. And uh, I do think he said, you know, there was someone, I can't remember who it was, said he was like in the facility saying hello to people. But I don't think he participated from what I saw. Uh, you know, he wasn't in attendance from what the media saw on Tuesday. So I suspect he uh, signed it and then went, peace. What are some fun games to rewatch from 2010 to 2016? Joey the Jaguar, throwing it back. Man, I mean, there are a ton in that 2011 season when they were in 15 and 1. It's not much on the eye when you're talking about the defensive side of the ball, but the offense was fun to watch. Um, probably that Denver game at home, where that's the one where Ryan tells the great story about how they were absolutely murdering the Broncos at halftime. Uh, they were up like three touchdowns or something, and McCarthy absolutely lit into them in the locker room at halftime. Ryan tells a great story. It was like he leaned over to a rookie and said, just take a look at this. Remember this moment because this never happens in the NFL. Like we are killing these guys and McCarthy is still like blowing a gasket because McCarthy thought they should be up by like five touchdowns. Um, yeah, that year, pick a game, man. That that The offense was a ton of fun to watch. No question. Uh, say from harm by massive attack. Jake, great choice. Love that song. Some of the remixes are really good too. Uh, Chris, what's going on, man? Going to Green Bay next week. Been there roughly five times. I want to go do go to a hidden gem. Thoughts? Thoughts. It's so hard to think of hidden gems, especially in the Green Bay area now. Um, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about the uh, club tavern in Manasha. If you got a drive in you. Go down to Manasha, hit up Club Ta Club Tavern. Now that's a hidden gem right there. Um, there's some stuff in De Pere that you can do. Do Nikki's Nikki's Lionhead in in De Pere. That's close to Green Bay, and that's off the beaten path. It's not a huge kind of like oh we're going to Title Town, we're gonna hit all this stuff. Tourist touristy place. It's very old school. Uh, it reminds me a lot of my grandpa's bar actually when I was growing up in Chilton. Um, it's the place where you know back in the day when they were still doing uh, the, uh, uh, the 
college dorms, a lot of the guys would hang out there. The personnel people, some of them still hang out there, but uh, Nikki's Linehead in De Pere. You want something off the beaten path, a little hidden gem? Check that place out. Uh, the Dallas game, when Flynn brought us back on a huge comeback, that's an amazing game, no doubt about it, especially for the catch that uh, Jordy Nelson has on the left side of the end zone where it legitimately probably should have been a pick and Jordy just takes it away from the defensive back. That's a great game. Uh, problem with Bakhtiari's knee reminds me of Sam Shields with that week two concussion way back. Worries me as well. Yeah, man, the Shields concussion stuff was always tough to swallow. I mean, you just felt horrible for the guy in the first place. In the second place, it was like every time he made a tackle, you were like kind of holding your breath. Yeah, that was that was tough to watch towards the end there with, with Shields. How is Elton Jenkins coming along, Dominic? Uh, he's rehabbing. That's all we know. Uh, you won't really get a good kind of feel for how anybody, where anybody is in the rehab until we get to the start of camp and we see who's placed on PUP, uh, physically unable to perform list. I suspect he'll start on the PUP uh, along with Tunyon and Bakhtiari. And then it's a just a matter of how soon can they come off of it? How soon does a medical staff deem them, you know, okay, we're ready to go. With Elton, man, I got I to gotta say, I think there's a, I mean, a huge chance, a decent chance that he starts the season on PUP where he doesn't practice at all during camp, misses the first six games of the season on physically unable to perform and then starts practicing when he's allowed to be activated after those six weeks. And then we see him mid season. That's my guess sitting here mid June right now that uh, if, if they get Elton anytime before that, that's to me, that's bonus, right? I mean, we got to remember he was hurt so late in the year uh, last season. I mean, to expect him to be there at the start of the season, I think is a little bit of a stretch, but who knows? Everybody's different. Every guy, Rehabs differently, comes back, his body responds differently, etc. So hopefully sooner rather than later, but that would be my guess right now. Mr. Steves, what a name. What's going on, man? Thanks for the super chat. Rogers was once asked about the hardest hit he's seen. He referenced the collision between Amon Green and Derek Brooks. In your time covering the league, any hits that stand out to you? Man, well, you know, it's not even a <laughs> there's two, and they both involve Washington. One is Sean Taylor absolutely laying out the punter in a Pro Bowl, which is just insane. Uh, and then two was in a practice with Matt Bowen. Uh, if you Google Matt Bowen training camp hit, you'll probably find it. Uh, he absolutely is when Steve Spurrier was the coach, coach in Washington. And Matt absolutely destroys, I mean, decimates this dude on the sideline. Um, the kind of thing that would never happen now. You would, like, you would probably get fined by the team if you did that now. But this was back in the day when it was like you're trying to set a tone and be physical and blah, blah, blah. And Matt absolutely sent this guy into another dimension. Um, you know, obviously, there's there's plenty of examples in regular season games, what have you. But those are the two that kind of always stick out in my mind. Chris, what's up, man? Thanks again. Who's a Packers player that made you so frustrated watching him but was a great guy to interview? Thank you for all that you do, Nags. Thanks you, Chris. Um... That's a good question. You know what? I'll say what's funny is Mike Daniels and not because of his play, because he was a great player. I loved watching Mike play and he was always really good to me in the locker room. I've told the story before. He was the first guy to ever 
come up to me and introduce himself to me and say, I really like what you do. First NFL player to ever say that. But it drove me nuts when he would do things like, um, you know, I'll never forget that. I think it was a Monday night game or a Sunday night. It was a primetime game. They're playing the Lions. They got to have this game. And they stop the first opening drive of the game. Stop him. Get him off the field on third down. And Mike gets flagged because of some post whistle nonsense. Um, like Mike's inability to kind of harness what made him great, which is his physicality, his kind of energy. But towards the end there, it got, you know, even guys in the locker room were like, dude, would you just come on, like fall in line here. And for whatever reason, he just wasn't able to do that. And then of course, you know, injuries took their toll. So that kind of ended his time in green Bay more than anything else. But I always just kind of wish that we would have been able to see him kind of reach his full potential. Cause I think he could have been, an absolute superstar in Green Bay. But all that said, I still love Mike. He's the man. What about Chuck Cecil? Oh, you, Matthew, you can pick a bunch of Chuck Cecil hits, no doubt about it. Any number of the hits that made his nose start bleeding, definitely on that list. What are my thoughts about Savage? Had a down year last year. Will he bounce back or struggle this season as well? I wouldn't categorize last season as a struggle. Um, I think you know, big game shifting plays, big splash plays were definitely kind of conspicuous by their absence, so to speak. Certainly in the beginning of the year, there were there were some kind of echoes, some shadows of some former problems with his maybe taking some over aggressive angles, a lack of rack, wrapping up and kind of coming to balance and tackling through a guy. But yeah, I didn't think he I didn't think he had a bad year. Um, I just think, you know, we wanted to see him take keep progressing as a playmaker, and that certainly didn't materialize. Um, now, you could point to the changes scheme and what he was being asked to do, and hopefully a second year in the system allows him to play a little bit freer, a little bit looser. Maybe they change what they're asking him to do, especially now that they have three stud corners. You know, there's all sorts of kind of elements there that I think should contribute to him being able to get a few more, like make a few more splash plays because that's ultimately what we're looking for. You know, right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't begrudge his effort. I think the guy comes to work, does the right thing. He's usually is pretty assignment. Sure. Like I said, sometimes some overruns, some missed tackles, et cetera. But I do think the guy plays the game the right way. If he can just start making a few more plays, some, some plays that alter things, they either get big stops on third down or turn the ball over and turn the tide for your team. Because we saw glimpses of it two years ago. And then they just kind of disappeared last year. So, yeah, again, I don't think he had a, quote, bad year. I wouldn't categorize it as a bad year. But you certainly want to see a little bit more. You want to see a little, just a little progression when it comes to playmaking. That's how I would categorize it. Uh, worst injury I've ever seen, one that made you go, oh, that poor guy. Always going to be Theismann's injury on Monday Night Football. Um, when they were playing the Giants and Lawrence Taylor absolutely destroyed the guy and then legit gets up. If you, you can probably find it on YouTube, he gets up and then screams, starts screaming to the Washington sideline and starts like motioning them to get out there because basically that like bone had started protruding a little bit out of his skin. That's how bad the injury was. Um, yeah, the Theismann injury was that was horrific. That was horrific. And it was on national television. That was nuts. Kevin says, Amos needs to be our next to re-sign. 
I mean, I think Elton Jenkins is probably on that list as well. I think they're one and two with Jenkins first and then Amos. But yeah, Amos should certainly be in that discussion. There's no doubt about it. I know, um, you know, you're going to want to see how he plays this year, at least early on, and hopefully he, he continues the level of play we saw last year in Barry's defense, keeps progressing within the scheme. But yeah, I think there's no question that that, that is something that they will most likely explore. Now, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Um, you never know what they're looking at as far as the puzzle looking forward, how Aaron Rodgers fits into things. Is he back next year, et cetera? So, I mean, there's a lot to play out there, but I definitely think Amos is a guy that they would most likely want to keep around. No doubt about it. Mm. Does 33 get more rushing or receiving yards this year? Whoo, this sounds suspiciously like a fantasy football question. I'm going to go with rushing. I can't, I'm like, look, I want. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to catch 100 balls each. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if they're even going to get 70 each. I don't even know if they're going to get 50 each. But they want I want them to be the focal point of the passing game. I don't know if that's going to happen. I need to see it to believe it. So until I see it, I'm going to go with rushing yards on this question. That's just me. LT still gets choked up when people ask him about that hit. Hates hearing about it yeah joe i don't it was horrific like i said it was horrific it was and i was like a little kid i mean i was freaked out Uh, that was that was never good (laughs) antonio oh these are my favorite aaron nagler spelled wrong is a homer what what gave it away was it the picture of bart star Or, or maybe vince lombardi Maybe Brett Favre here behind me. Right there's Brett. Like, wait, oh wait, or maybe wait. Who else is in here? Who else we got? We got. got where's Cannon Dale? We got Cannon Dale around here somewhere. I don't know what gave it away, dude. I'm a homer. Yes, I'm a Packers fan. It's amazing, right? I cheer. I root for the Packers. I know that's mind blowing to some people, but yes, I love the Green Bay Packers. I am a homer. It is a thousand percent true. You really cracked the code there. What do you want, a junior G-man badge? Well done, buddy. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you're a homer. Me too. That's right, Matt. Matt Ramage is here. Ramage knows what's up. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> crazy. Y'all are crazy. All right, buddy, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here with this Packers Homer with the Packers Daily Chat. Please, please, please do me, do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.